This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. This safety notice restricts commercial passenger flights from any operator of the Boeing 737 MAX 8 or MAX 9 variant aircraft, whether domestic or foreign, from arriving, departing, or overflying Canadian airspace. Okay, so that from earlier today from Canada's Transport Minister Mark Garneau, and a lot happening on this front today because just moments ago, the U.S. is now finally following suit. Uh, the U.S. is going to ground all Boeing 737 MAX 8 and MAX 9 air fleet. So the timeline in all of this is interesting uh, because it looked as though there, there was uh, very much a difference of opinion uh, amongst countries, and, and no one really seemed to be taking the lead of the FAA. Instead, it seems as though the FAA is the last to act on this. So a number of countries that had already grounded these flights or closed their airspace to these flights. Yesterday, our, our transport minister said we weren't quite at that point yet. but We were keeping an eye on the situation. Mark Garneau today saying more information has become available, which is why they have moved to, for now, suspend these flights. Now, the U.S. just following suit. So what does all of this tell us about why these two planes went down? The Ethiopian Airs flight uh, over the weekend uh, and the flight in Indonesia back in October. What are the issues potentially with this plane? What does it mean for Boeing? What does it mean for all of these airlines now? We're going to have to scramble to, to make up these routes with other planes. Well, joining us to talk about the fallout from all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, Seth Miller is an aviation journalist, been following all of this very closely. Seth, thanks for making some time for us here today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So, what do you make of these developments? Why is all this happening today, do you think? Oh, well, that's uh, quite a big question. I'm not sure we'll answer all of those that you posed there earlier mm -hmm. uh, in the few minutes we have. But, you know, I think the comment uh, from the minister that there's additional data was really telling. And basically what he said is they gathered some of the speed and position indication data off of the aircraft. Uh, the aircraft transmits that information to satellites uh, operated by a group called Arion that then aggregates the data and can put it all together. And Arion delivered that data to the transport ministry overnight. And this morning they gathered together again and reviewed that data. And what he said was essentially that when reviewing the Ethiopian 302 and the Lion Air 610 flight from last year, the data was profiles were sufficiently similar that it, uh, I think the quote he used is it crossed a threshold of comfort. And again, no one is saying that they are definitely caused by the same thing yet. We simply don't have that data yet. We're going to have to wait until we get more analysis of the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder that were actually on the plane. But right now it's similar enough that everybody has decided it's time to ground these planes. 
Does it seem like an overreaction or is it important as well, I think, to to incorporate the public perception here? Is this about reassuring travelers to some degree? I think it's almost entirely about reassuring travelers. And right, one thing to consider is that even if this proves to have been the same problem and that you know this was, in fact, a fatal flaw in the design of the aircraft or the software that helps control it, the number of incidents did prove to be spectacularly low for, you know, hundreds and thousands of flights. So, which is not to say that it's acceptable to have those losses, but, you know, it it is still an incredibly safe way to travel. Air travel uh, has proven itself time and again to be far safer than the drive to the airport. So, you know, I, I think that part of it, though, is absolutely this public perception of, gosh, these two things look awfully similar, and that similarity may only be the fact that two planes that are the same model crashed, but it was sufficiently similar that a lot of people started asking questions and getting worried, and as we've gathered more and more data that suggests that they are more and more similar in the flight profiles and other factors, I think that those concerns only raised. It's interesting, as we've heard anecdotally from some pilots or some former pilots that they, they don't have a problem with this plane or that they've never had a problem with this plane. And some wondering whether there's a training issue when it comes to, to pilots in other part of, parts of the world. So, I mean, that, that may end up being a part of this as well. But what do we make of the fact that you've, you've got people who are defending these planes and defending these, these planes as safe? You know, I, I think that's a really big challenge for the industry overall. And part of that comes from, as I was saying earlier, air travel is incredibly safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has proven itself that way. The industry is very good about learning from accidents, learning from its mistakes, improving its operations, and getting better and becoming even safer over time. And so, you know, when you have the pilots who have been trained on how to use and operate the airplanes, they know what they're doing, they understand the systems and the, you know, the complexities involved, it is for them something where they feel they've been properly trained, properly equipped, and they know how to make sure everything works. Now, you know, is that always going to work out? Maybe not. And so there is still that risk if the, you know, if the computer system, if the airplane tries to force an action and the pilots in the heat of the moment respond inappropriately, um, it's typically what happens with an airplane incident is you have some sort of outside influence or some sort of outside factor, and then the that contributes significantly. But also, you know, there's a human factor in it. And so, you know, we had this with the Air France crash uh, coming out of Brazil a few years ago, Air France 447, where the pilots made the wrong response to a potential stall situation. And, you know, the the, the aircraft failed, but so did the people. And so I think saying that, that we can put full faith in the people every time is a huge burden to put on those pilots. And if we know that there's a risk in the electronics or the mechanics involved in operating these planes, we should fix that to remove that burden from them, to remove that risk. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be messy sorting all of this out. And this is going to be, uh, I think, some major headaches for Boeing. There was uh, Norwegian Air today saying that they're going to seek compensation for Boeing. And, and I mean, the airlines are going to take a hit from, from all of this. Uh, Boeing's bound to take a hit from all of this. And who knows what else might come, maybe in the way of lawsuits or, or anything else. Uh, I mean, how do you think we're, we're going to manage to, to deal with all, all of the, the fallout from this? Yeah, I think there's going to be a significant financial hit. I mean, Boeing is down another 3% today on its stock trading after 
getting beat up pretty significantly both Monday and Tuesday. So that is certainly a financial challenge, and we haven't seen the end of it yet. We are going to still see further uh, bits there. You know, there is a precedence that when the 787 was grounded, Boeing did help offset some of the costs for leasing spare aircraft for Norwegian and others. So there's going to be some hard costs there. I think the bigger challenge is going to be the residual reputation risk. And, you know, Lion Air has, since the initial incident with them back in October, threatened to move its 200 aircraft order from Boeing to Airbus. And is that going, you know, they've, they've been talking that up again this week. So will we see more and more airlines say, you know, we, we are not sure we trust that these planes are built right. Uh, we're not sure that we trust the process and reconsidering those things. So there's Boeing is definitely going to have a significant reputational challenge that it's going to have to overcome in the coming weeks and months and long term as well. This is, I don't think, is something that's going to go away immediately. Now, a lot of that hinges on if Boeing can deliver the fix for the software um, that is supposed to be coming out uh, by April. And it's unclear if that's the beginning of April or the end of April. But there, there's a, supposed to be a fix to the software that prevents the system from forcing this sort of overreaction to uh, unequal inputs. Um, when the airplane isn't quite sure if it's headed up or down, uh, it can sort of, or if it, if it has one of its two systems think that its, you know, angle of attack is too high, that it's, it's going up too quickly and might stall, the electronics force it to descend a little bit. And there's been some issues. The software basically has a condition where if it gets conflicting inputs, it will from um, force the plane down. So that's what's being fixed. If that fix is sufficient and works, then maybe this is similar to the 787 and the battery issues where we grounded them for a couple months. We came up with a fix. We implemented it. We put them all back in the air. And today you hear almost no conversation about the 787 battery issues, yeah. even though that, too, was a grounding of the fleet for some time. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Seth, we'll see where it all goes from here. Appreciate you make some time for us this afternoon. Thanks for your insight. Thank you very much. Have I appreciate great day. it. You too. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.